Without complete honesty, I wouldn't know where I stood in this marriage. I wouldn't have everything that I needed to be able to trust you completely anymore. I used to trust you completely before I knew you were lying. But after I knew you were lying, there was no way that I could trust you. Has your marriage been shattered by sexual betrayal? Are you wondering if there's any possible way to save your marriage, or even if you want to? Is there just the tiniest glimmer of hope that you and your spouse can work it out, but you have no clue how or where to start? Hello, and welcome to Beyond Broken Vows podcast. We're your hosts, Johnny and Emily Spiegelmeyer, two formerly seriously broken people who have been called by God to share our story of redemption and the hope that lies within every story that's fully surrendered to God. And we have been where you are, my friends. As a result of adultery fueled by pornography, the marriage vows we had exchanged as newlyweds were eventually shattered. However, we are here together to let you know that this devastation we experienced was actually a gift. On our show, we will be sharing the resources we found invaluable on our road to reconciliation and recovery. We'll tackle the topics of marriage, faith in God, infidelity, porn addiction, and recovery. We will also be taking questions from you, our awesome audience. So if you're ready to move from pain-filled todays into hope-filled tomorrows, grab your favorite beverage and spend a little time with us. We want you to know that your story matters and that there is hope for your marriage through Christ Jesus. Marriage is redeemed. Hearts renewed. On Beyond Broken Vows podcast. Hello and welcome back to today's show. Thank you for joining us again today. Today, we will be going into the second part of our episode, Five Ways We Lie and the Secret to Complete Honesty. Today, we are going to focus on what rigorous honesty looks like. But before we move into content, Emily has a review from one of our listeners that we want to share. Yes, uh, I love this review. It's from Elaine R. 266. Her title is Raw, Real, and Full of Grace. She says, this podcast is so well done. I appreciate the thoughtfulness and preparation that is evident in their presentation. Emily and Johnny waste no time in diving right into gripping content that touches the soul. They humbly share their journey in a way that is so relatable. It's not pretty, but it is beautiful. I was blown away by their courage, transparency, and perseverance as they submitted themselves to the work of God's grace to find their way to victory. Their story is for everyone to hear because it's a lesson in restoration and grace for those needing to receive and those needing to give. I'm excited to listen to more episodes as Emily and Johnny continue to unfold their story to reveal more insights and inspiration. Thank you so much for that review, Elaine R266. We so appreciate your kind words, and we are so glad that our story is touching people in a very deep and personal way. Yes, thank you, Elaine. And to briefly recap from last week, we talked about the five ways we lie. Lies by commission, that's the untruthfulness. Lies by omission, intentionally leaving out important information. Deflection, not accepting responsibility and blaming someone or something else. Justifying, making your actions seem right and acceptable or even noble. And then gaslighting, manipulation, that leaves the other questioning their reality. And we also gave a brief description how I was lying in those ways and how it was having its effect on Emily and myself. Right now, we're going to dissect the words rigorous honesty. 
So the dictionary definition of the word rigorous is an adjective, meaning extremely thorough, exhaustive, or accurate. The definition of honesty is another adjective, free of deceit and untruthfulness. Johnny has come up with his own definition for rigorous honesty, and he says it's exhaustively accurate truthfulness. So what did rigorous honesty look like? For my part, if you remember from previous episodes, I was not completely truthful about all the events. I was omitting some facts. I was trying to soften the blow for Emily, and I was not giving her all the information. And it finally got to a point where I resolved myself to tell the complete truth, no matter what. So what did rigorous honesty look like? Well, in my definition, exhaustively accurate truthfulness. That looked like no matter what question you would ask me, I answered it in detail, no matter how much it was going to hurt you. Right. And I had to make the decision to do that. And I wanted you to do that. First of all, I was terrified of the truth. The information that you were asking me to share was painful. It was painful for me to say those words. And it was painful for me to say them to you. Right. So, Emily, why was it so important for me to be rigorously honest with you? Well, without complete honesty, I wouldn't know where I stood in this marriage. I wouldn't have everything that I needed to be able to trust you completely anymore. I used to trust you completely before I knew you were lying. But after I knew you were lying, there was no way that I could trust you. And so rigorous honesty was important for me to be able to build that trust back up that you had destroyed. So we talked earlier on the previous part of this episode that the lack of knowing the truth left you without solid ground to stand on. So would it be fair again to say that rigorous honesty was getting down to where you had solid ground to stand on again? Well, sure, absolutely. I needed to know that you were being completely honest with me in order to feel safe and secure, because my security, remember, I had talked about how that was completely shattered, my safety and security, and my confidence was blown. And so all of those things needed to be repaired through the process of being completely honest with me, even about the things that were so painful to hear, things that no wife should really ever have to hear. But I didn't want to sweep those under the rug. I didn't want to just ignore them and sugarcoat it in my mind going, okay, I know he did some bad things, but we're just going to move on. Because I knew that these questions would haunt me. And especially since you had been lying previously about these questions, I really needed to know the complete honest truth about all these details so that I could have a baseline, really. I needed to know what the baseline of honesty was for you that you could build on in our future together and knowing what was going to be honest and what wasn't. You know, if you were willing to tell me all of these details that just pierced my heart over and over again, and you could just see how it was affecting me, how it was causing me so much pain and grief, and you were willing to do that because I asked you to, then I knew that I could trust that kind of honesty from you moving forward. You know, I was just remembering, now that we're talking about this, that you would ask me those questions, and I was rigorously honest. But it didn't stop there. 
there were times when you had to ask those same questions again. And it wasn't that you didn't believe me. You just asked them again, but you got the same answer again. Did this help to solidify the rigorous honesty? Was there consistency in the answers and that consistency started to help? Oh, yes, absolutely. I mean, because in the first few months after disclosure, you were not being completely honest. You were using those different ways of lying that we had talked about in our previous episode. And it was a point that you had gotten to, like you said, you drew a line in the sand and you said, okay, I'm going to honor her request by telling the truth, no matter what it does, whether I lose her, whether I lose everything you said, I'm going to go ahead and do this. And I think you probably had to really trust Jesus in this moment because you were pretty much left raw and vulnerable and without any protective shield whatsoever anymore. Yes. During those times when you said I'm raw and unprotected without a shield, every one of those answers to those rigorous questions demanding my rigorously honest response was leaving me at a place feeling like this is it. This information is going to be the deal breaker and she will call an end to it. How long could you possibly last with all this information? How much more can you take before you just give up? This was a fear that I had for a long time. It took months of answering these questions and months of you coming back to me in your tenderness later on. You see, it wasn't just that you were asking me the questions and I was answering them and there would be this this extreme amount of pain, I remember that you were allowed to process through it and then you came back to me. We were able to be a husband and wife and you were willingly coming to me in tenderness. And I remember that you were starting to display compassion toward me. I think that after the rigorous honesty really started, Those were the first times where I really felt that you were reciprocating compassion toward me. And that was starting to throw me for a loop. Oh, really? I liked it and I was responding to it. But again, knowing who I truly was as an addict, I always believed that people would just get rid of me, especially you. Right. I was also believing how much more can you possibly take before you get rid of me? And you just kept taking it not just taking it and laying down, but taking it, processing it, reprocessing it, and then coming back to me with love, tenderness, and even compassion for me. That's mind-blowing. That's a game changer. Yes, your rigorous honesty brought the first rays of hope into my heart that we just might make it through this. It was imperative for me that I have a husband who's completely honest Because without that, there could be absolutely no trust. And you were starting that process of building trust again with me. So rigorous honesty didn't only help me. How did rigorous honesty help you, honey? The basis of my starting to be rigorously honest came with a conversation with my best friend, and who's also my Covenant Eyes ally. We were at regular dinner together, and we were having this discussion about how much information do I share? She keeps asking. And he laid it out straight to me. He said, Johnny, if you fear losing it all anyway, why don't you just tell her everything and go out honorably 
telling the truth. You can go out with dignity if you're really going to lose it all. So in a sense, he was saying, if you're going to lose it all, lose it all telling the truth. And those became pivotal words for me that honestly, I think saved us because I needed to be that kind of honest. But it saved me. It saved me from a world of lies. It saved me from having to come up with a new way to try to spin things, to try to protect you, all the while I'm still trying to protect those things inside of me that are really painful that I'm, I haven't learned how to deal with yet. Recovery had only just begun for me, but I wasn't far enough into it that I had the tools to really deal with those things inside me that were hurting. So it really gave me my first rays of hope that I could be a man that was truthful, that I could be dignified. And it turned out that being that kind of honest was actually very noble. Who would have thought that? I certainly never would have thought that doing that wouldn't do anything other than just create an extreme amount of pain. And that was it, the end. And it probably gave you a sense of freedom as well. Well, yes, it, it absolutely did. I mean, you know, Jesus says, you shall know the truth and the truth will make you free. And indeed, I was free because it gets to a certain point where you have no more secrets. You eventually get to the point where there are no more lies to tell. They've all been uncovered. And then you realize for the first time in your life, first time in my life, I realized I have no more secrets. I couldn't have imagined that. Mantra in an addict's mind so often goes to this, I will take that to the grave. I will never tell anybody. I'm here to tell everybody. I don't have those anymore. They're gone. Rigorous honesty took away all of that. And I will tell you another thing that rigorous honesty took away. It took away my shame and it took away my guilt. But I also believe that it took you returning to me in compassion to complete that cycle. I could have gone on and been a stronger, more dignified, truthful man just by being rigorously honest from that point on the rest of my life if we had not made it. Right. But because you made the choice to come back to me in compassion and understanding, it changed everything for me. And I only could do that through the power of Jesus. I couldn't have done it on my own, honestly. It's too much to ask of anyone. But the compassion that Jesus has for you was able to be displayed through me because I wanted to do what he wanted me to do. And when I did those things, it paid off huge for me too because my compassion towards you brought us to a place where we could have an intimacy that we had never known before, right? Yes. Because really the secret to rigorous honesty and how to get there is through vulnerability and transparency right? Yes. You want to touch a little bit on your side of what rigorous honesty looked like? Sure. It's real easy to just say the addict, the offender, the betrayer needs to be rigorously honest. But, you know, I did need to be honest as well because I did hold back from you. I held things away from you because I was afraid of being hurt. I was also protecting myself. I had my own shields up in place. So I just would omit things. I, w I was committing lies of omission because I just wouldn't 
bring them up because I was afraid of your response. I was afraid of your reaction. And so I just buried them and I hid them. And so I had to pull these out. I had to start practicing, trusting that you are a different man now. You know, you're not the same man you were before. You won't react the same way as you did before. I had to cross that bridge in my mind to be able to believe that was true in order to test the validity of it, right? So I had to have the courage to actually say those things to you, tell you the truth about what was in my heart, and then wait for your reaction. And your reaction is different than it used to be. You have a compassion that you never had before. You have the capacity to see me for who I am and to accept me for who I am. You don't see me through the lens of condemnation anymore. That's how you used to see the things that I said to you was through condemnation because of your own sin, guilt, and shame. I wasn't saying it in those ways, but that's how you perceived it. And then that's how you reacted to me. But now, since all of that stuff is gone, praise God, (laughs) I am learning how to say the things to you that used to terrify me. And I'm finding out, just like you did, that you're not getting rid of me. (laughs) You're not shutting down on me. You're not turning your back on me. You're not treating me the way that you used to. And so the more that I do that and the more you respond in a loving, Christ-like way, the easier it gets to open up and share my true heart, my true feelings. And so that is what being vulnerable and transparency does. It creates this atmosphere of trust because we test it and it's proven and we test it again and it's proven again. And that provides a track record of honesty and truthfulness that we can now look back on over the last several years. And I can, I can believe in it. Yes. So I'm going to throw you a little bit of a curveball here. You, during this period of time, as we're just starting to put our recovery together, you earned this new title for yourself that I gave you, is you are my fierce defender. And so when it comes to you being rigorously honest and my fierce defender, what I saw was that you had a hard time telling me the truths with inside of yourself because you also did not want to hurt me with your feelings. Right. Telling me just how angry you were with me, how I have hurt you. Tell me a little bit more about that fierce defender. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know if that's a fault of mine or that's actually a good thing, but I never wanted anybody to think badly of you. Yeah. And I still don't. And I really try to make sure that whatever I do is lifting you up. I protect you from yourself also. If you say some negative things about yourself, I'm quick to jump in and say, yes, but that was then. And now you're this. And, you know, I just don't want you to, I don't want you to self-deprecate. And I don't want other people to say bad things about you. So there is a fear, especially doing a public podcast like this, where you're going to say some things that are like, in a way, shocking and raw and honest and kind of scary. And I just don't want people to think of you badly, right? (laughs) Right. So that's how it comes out. I'm always just trying to make sure that you are seen in a good light. And, you know, that was to my detriment back in the years before discovery, right? Because I overlooked a lot of things. 
That was actually going to be my next question. Were you always my fierce defender? I was. It probably would have come out a lot sooner had I not tried to defend you so much. If I had just let the chips fall, right? If I had let you suffer consequences for your actions, I was always kind of trying to clean up your messes. And <laughs> I look back now and I'm like, wow, why did I do that? Was that because I was so insecure? Was it because I was afraid of people seeing that our marriage wasn't as great as I thought it was? Or I don't really understand my motivations to this day. Although some of it is honorable and, and right because I, I am so in love with you. I always have been. And I promised some things to you on our wedding day that I always intend to keep. And part of that is, I believe, a good thing to protect you. Yes. And to our listening audience, I just want to say this. Is it any wonder that I made the choice to stick it out? <laughs> I think I made the right choice, don't you? Emily, you have always been my fierce defender. And as we started on our road to recovery, it became more and more evident the ways that you were protecting me from myself. And some of those weren't necessarily good, but we unwrapped those together. Some of those were very painful truths for you, as I remember. And then some of them were painful truths for me as I look back and saw just how much you were loving me and protecting me, even from myself. And I didn't appreciate it. Sometimes it went unwanted and unnoticed, but you did it anyway. And I'm so grateful. At this point in my personal recovery, I was still recovering for those who were telling me I needed to do such and such things. It would come a couple of months later through entering into the Friday afternoon group that I attend regularly now and have been for four years in Sex Addicts Anonymous, that I'm now recovering for me. And that become another rigorous, honest truth. When I had to express to you, the truth was, I'm no longer recovering for your sake, Emily. I'm recovering for mine. And I was so glad to hear that, actually, because I knew <laughs> that it might not last if you were doing it for me or for any other person. It had to be what you wanted more than anything else in order to work. In order to recover, it had to be that you wanted to recover no matter what, no matter what you lost, no matter the consequences. And that's why it's been successful to this point. This has been such a wonderful discussion on rigorous honesty. And we'll probably touch more on it in the future and in the different ways that it touched us and how it can be helpful to you. How is it helpful to you? Start today. Start today being that kind of honest being extremely thorough, be exhaustive in it, be accurate, be free of deceit. And above all, with the definition that I crunched together for this, be exhaustively accurate in your truthfulness. And you will find that it will set you free. Will it be painful? Yes. We've heard it said many times, freedom isn't free. It's also not free of pain all the time. Just because we do the right thing and tell the truth doesn't mean that we're going to get the Scooby snack and everything's going to be great right away. But it will mean that we're clean, we're honest, and we're dignified. And trustworthy. Yes. Oh, that's so good. Let's talk on that a little bit. 
So we're going to do another episode on trust later, but I just want to touch on this. One of the things that I completely balled up, stepped on, spit on, and burned and threw into the dumpster was Emily's trust of me. She can't trust me anymore. And the one thing that I've lost that I earned when I said I do at the altar was the ability to say, trust me, Emily. See, that's all gone now. Even today, four years into it, I still can't say it. It's not that I can't. It just throws red flags up. It triggers Emily a little. And it reminds me that I once wasn't. So here's a better way to look at it. I can become trustworthy. What does trustworthiness mean? It means that I live every day in such a way that I'm being rigorously honest. I'm addressing the issues in real time rather than putting them off. If we're having to have a hard discussion, we're doing it right now. Even if I have to miss work or something else has to get set aside, or sometimes we didn't even eat, but we dealt with them in real time. And as you would ask me to do just simple tasks around the house instead of procrastinating them, I would go and get them taken care of in the appropriate time. It's not like I was running like a whipped puppy to go get them because you said so, but in its appropriate time, you were seeing all these things and I'm becoming trustworthy. So even if you can't trust me, you can see trustworthy acts one day at a time. Right. You brought up a little phrase about Jesus in me that became helpful. Can you tell us that? So I think it was probably something that I read early on in one of the great books that we use to help us through this. I might not be able to trust you, but I could trust Jesus in you. And I know <laughs> that you love Jesus with all your heart. So I trust that he's working in you. And I trust that he's working out his plan for us in our marriage. So when I can't fully trust you, because I don't know when or if ever I'll get to 100% trust anymore, but I can 100% trust Jesus in you. And I do know that he's got my back. Amen. Wow, this was amazing. I really actually enjoyed talking about this topic, even though it was really difficult at times. Just to recap between last week and this week, we've been talking about five ways that we lie and the secret to complete honesty. So those five ways that we lie are lies by commission, lies by omission, deflection, justifying, and gaslighting. And the secret to complete honesty is through rigorous honesty which is achieved through transparency and vulnerability. So in our encouragement, as we part ways today, put the lies behind you. Start telling the truth, the complete truth, and nothing but the truth in a very rigorous fashion. You will find freedom in that. Please join us next week as we turn the microphone toward Emily as she tells us about, I am so angry. We've been rigorously honest and we're telling lots of truth, but this left a lot of anger in her response. And so we're going to talk a little bit more about that in our next episode. Oh, that sounds like a lot of fun. But until then, let's just go ahead and close out in prayer. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful to you for being with us every step of the way on this journey. Lord, you are the creator of marriage and you have given us everything that we need to reflect Christ yourself, and the Holy Spirit in our marriage. And when we get off the path, you're there to gently put us back on. And it might take a while. 
we're kind of dense sometimes, but Lord, we so appreciate that you are gentle and kind and merciful in your love for us and your compassion and forgiveness. We thank you for redeeming us. We pray, Lord, for others who are struggling with this same issue, that you would redeem them, give them the courage and the strength to base it with rigorous honesty so that they can find healing and freedom. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And may the peace of God be with you, and may you enjoy his presence this week. So until next time, Marriage is Redeemed, Hearts Renewed, on Beyond Broken Vows podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. And before you go, if this podcast encouraged you and you're feeling some hope for today, please share this show with someone else you know who is going through a similar situation and needs to know that they're not alone. One of the best ways you can help us reach more people is to leave us a written review on Apple Podcast. And don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss out on upcoming episodes. And as always, we would love to hear questions from you that we can answer in our midweek show. Just email us at support at beyondbrokenvows.com. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.